Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. I want to welcome again everybody joining us at all of our Christ Fellowship locations and overflow parties and online. Listen, today is a day that is unlike any other day. Today is a day that, that changed everything. There never has been a day like today. There never will be another day like this day. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it, it reverberates through history. It changed Everything. Have you ever had a day that just kind of changed everything for you? Like you had those days that are like, they're standout days. They're, they're not like other days in your life. They, they, they mark your life. They, there's like a, a before and an after in some of those days. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like for me, it was the day I fell in love with Julie. All right, I was in seventh grade, yeah. Puppy love is real to a puppy, y'all, all right? I have a before Julie and an after Julie in my life, and it was marked in seventh grade. Or, or the day that um, she kissed me for the first time. She grabbed a hold of me, and she pulled me into her, and she did not let go. I ain't lying. It changed my life, y'all. Or the day that we walked down the aisle and said, I do, and had no idea what we just done. You know what I'm saying? We all have days that mark us. We have days that are different that stand out, but if you compile all your days like that together, they all pale in comparison to this day. See, see the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ literally changed everything. And you may say, well, wait a minute, Todd. Um, maybe you're exaggerating a little bit. Like everything, everything, like aren't you kind of stretching it a bit? No, everything. Think about it for a minute. You got this guy that was born in an obscure little village in the Middle East. He, he, he worked as a carpenter until he was 30. He, he never went to college. He never wrote a book. He never traveled more than about 200 miles around, away from where he was, where he was born. He, he never led an army. He never led a country or a nation. Yet he is the single most central figure in the human race for 20 centuries have come and gone, and yet today we are still talking about this, this Jesus of, of, of Nazareth. In fact, his life, his birth, and his resurrection are like the dividing line in time. You have B.C. and A.D., before Christ and after his death. In fact, every time that you date a document, it's tied to this day, the resurrection of Jesus. This, there's nothing like this day. But Jesus didn't just come to change a calendar, y'all. He actually changed our world. Do you know that, that during the time of Jesus in the Roman Empire, it was completely legal for people to leave unwanted children on the side of the road where animals could come and, and devour them or they would be left to their own demise out in the elements until some followers of Jesus after the resurrection remembered the words of Jesus when he said that let the little children Come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And they started going around gathering up those children that were left neglected and abandoned. It was Christ followers, you all, that started the very first orphanages in the world. Nobody up to that time had ever cared for the abandoned and the neglected children. I, when you turn on the TV and you see um, another crisis that hits our world, 
could be an earthquake or the tornadoes that have swept through our, our nation recently. Have you ever seen that, that big red cross that's right there, you know? Guess who started that? Christ followers. In fact, all the early humanitarian organizations in the world were started by followers of Jesus Christ who remembered the scriptures and they were compelled by the words of Jesus where he said, you're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That we're to love each other the way that Christ has loved us. This day has forever changed our world, but it gets personal. Because Resurrection Sunday, this what we're celebrating today, isn't just about God changing the world out there somewhere, it's really all about what he wants to change on the inside of you and me. How he wants to take the places that are broken and bring healing and life, that because of this day and the resurrection, darkness is pushed out and, and light can fill your life. The sadness is can be turned to joy, that you can experience a, a peace in your heart and your mind that goes beyond human logic and, and understanding. It comes from what we're celebrating today. Now go with me back in time to that very first Easter Sunday morning before Jesus rose from the dead. His followers had been with him for three years and he had preached some amazing messages and sermons, they had witnessed him heal the sick and raise the dead and feed the multitudes, thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread and, and a few fish. They had a front row seat to the miraculous. Mary and Martha and Matthew and John and Peter, they, they knew that, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one that God had promised that the whole Old Testament speaks about and points to as the one who would come to redeem and set his people free. And yet on that Friday afternoon, they were there when he was nailed to the cross. They were there when he breathed his last breath and, and said, it is finished. Some of them were there when they lowered him off the cross and they placed his body in that empty tomb and in that moment, all of the dreams and hopes that they had thought that, that this Messiah would bring to their lives and to their world seemed, seemed to die. And we read in the scriptures that it was early on Sunday morning before dawn that Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and another woman named Salome went to the tomb to properly prepare the body of Jesus. Now he had, he had been crucified right before the Sabbath was beginning on Friday. So they, they put him in the tomb, but they didn't have time to properly prepare his body. So these women were going there that, that morning to perform this very important ritual. They, they went to perform a, a ritual, but they were about to experience a miracle. Some of y'all here today, you're performing a ritual. It's Easter. You gotta show up at church. We'll see you at Christmas. All right, peace out. Some of you came for a ritual, but God actually wants you to experience a miracle. He wants you to experience the miracle of this Easter story. He doesn't want you just to celebrate Easter and get all dressed up. He, Easter is not a, a day to celebrate. Man, it is a power to be experienced and to walk in, and God wants you to walk in that. And yet I realize, as, as just like for these women, as they were making their way to the tomb before dawn, it was dark all around them. There was darkness on the outside and because of what they were going through, there was some darkness on the inside and I realized that on this Easter, there's some of you that you've got some darkness that has been kind of hovering over you. What you've had to walk through is just kind of zapped the life out of you and you're feeling hopeless and overwhelmed. 
can I tell you that Easter is a story that is just for you because only God can take what looks to be like the end and actually make it the beginning. Only God can take what feels like a conclusion and make it an introduction to a whole new story. That's the hope of Easter. So I wonder, what do you need Jesus to turn around for you today? I wonder what it is that, that feels lifeless and hopeless. And today, on this weekend, he wants to breathe some new life into it. So these women make their way to the tomb and it says in Luke 24 that they found the stone of the tomb had been rolled away and when they went inside, they did not find the body of, of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. They, these were angels and said to them as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, say it with me out loud, but he has risen, he's alive. Don't be looking for him here because he's not dead. He is risen just like he, he said he was gonna rise up again. And so the women, they, they run to tell the disciples Jesus is alive, but the disciples are like, ah, we're not sure we can believe you. Like we saw him die, so I'm not buying it. They had not seen it. They, they, heard, they heard what the woman said. They, they, they knew that, that Mary had, um, had, uh, had, had, had seen Jesus and talked to Jesus, but they didn't see Jesus. The disciples, they were huddled up in a, in a room, an upper room, and it says that the, the doors and the windows were locked and barred shut. They were scared to death because they were afraid because of their association with Jesus that the Romans and the leaders of the, of the Jewish council were gonna come after them next. So they were frightened. And they're up in this upper room and they have this one encounter on this first Easter that changes everything. And this is what it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. On the evening of that first day, Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. I always wonder how he got in the room, right? Because he didn't have to open the door to get in. He just kind of like walked in, <sighs> right? <laughs> but the first thing he said to them was, peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his, his hands and, and his side where he'd been pierced. And it says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And then again, a second time, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now after this, this one encounter, everything changes for these men. And I believe what Jesus did for them over 2,000 years ago on that first Sunday, he wants to do for you and me today. I see in this short little verse, three ways that today can change everything for you. Three things that we read and hear from Jesus that will actually help today make sense and change your life. The first is this, that because of today, you can have peace. Peace be with you, Jesus said. A peace that is lasting and is deep, that is not dependent on what's going on around you. He says, peace be with you. He said it twice. And those weren't like, um, just like a casual religious greeting. Peace be to you and also to you, Father. No, that wasn't that kind of a greeting. It was, it was actually a, a different word that was spoken over their lives. See, I think we can sometimes be limited by the way we think about peace. We, we, think, that, we think that peace means that we don't have any problems. 
Like if I don't have any problems, then, then I'll have some peace. And if that's the way you think about peace, you've got a problem because you're always gonna have problems. So uh, everybody's got problems when you think about it, right? Um, old people got problems. Young people got problems. Poor people got problems. Rich people got problems. Some of you are all like, I'll take the rich problems, please. <laughs> Single people got problems. They want to be married. Married people got problems. They don't want to be married. I mean, everybody got problems. So if you are thinking that the only way you can have peace is you got to get rid of your problems, you ain't ever going to have peace. See, the Hebrew word for, for peace that Jesus spoke all throughout the word of God is this word shalom. And, and that doesn't mean the absence of external chaos but a sense of inner harmony and peace. In fact, the definition of shalom means to make something whole and complete again. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Think about that, that's what God wants for our lives today. It's what Easter represents, that nothing has to be missing, nothing has to be broken. It means that no matter if things around you are broken, and they may be, situations you might be in feel broken, and hopeless that in the middle of that place of problem or pain that you and I can actually experience a supernatural peace that comes from God, the shalom of God. Because we see in the story that Jesus spoke those words, but the disciples still had a problem. They still weren't sure what to do. They still felt like the Romans and the Jewish leaders might come get them, but their peace of God that Jesus gave them changed their perspective on their problem. If Jesus was alive, like because he's not dead, the fact that he's alive changed everything. The, the fact that he's alive today changes the way you and I even view our problems. Doesn't make our problems go away, but if, if he can overcome hell in the grave, then there is no problem I've got that's too big for Jesus. There's no situation that you're facing that's too much for him. He can handle it, which tells me that peace isn't the absence of a problem, but it's the presence of Jesus. His presence in your life. One of his names is called the Prince of Peace or the Ruler of Peace. And so when you invite him in to give him rule over your life, he brings his rule over your life and over your situations. And there's a peace and a presence that comes from him. It's called the peace of God, the shalom of God. But if you want the peace of God, you've got to have peace with God. So you, you and I will never experience the peace of God until we have peace with God. And the only way that we can have peace with God is, is through a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to bring us into right relationship with God. Sin came to break that relationship off. So Jesus did what he had to do by paying the penalty and as you, for our sins. So as you personally invite him into, you gotta make it personal. Like it can't be something, well, I was just raised in a Christian home, so I you know, hope that counts. No, you gotta make what Jesus did on the cross personal for you, and when you do, you're inviting the Prince of Peace to come and rule in your life. Because of today, you can have peace. So what do you need peace in today? Maybe it's a, um, a relationship that seems tense and strained or a problem that is a little too overwhelming for you. Maybe you've got worry and anxiety keeping you up at night. Can I tell you? Today you can leave that here and you can take up the peace of God that passes all understanding because Jesus is alive. 
The second thing that I see in this story is the second thing that Jesus tells them that because of today, your life has purpose. Your life is gonna be full of, of destiny and purpose. He says to them in verse 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, he said, now I'm sending you. I'm giving you purpose. And you may say, well, where was he sending them? Everywhere to be his ambassadors. Their mission, if they choose to accept it, was to actually spread the love and message of Jesus Christ everywhere on the planet so that other people can get in on the goodness of God. And when you think about it, we have the same purpose and calling on our lives, right? We get to be ambassadors of God's love and his goodness to other people that don't know that man, God loves them and God's got a plan for their life. So it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a plumber, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or an accountant, it doesn't matter if you're a business owner or a barber, God has a purpose and a plan on your life and he wants to fill you with a destiny and a calling that makes you get up and go, yeah, I know what I'm alive for. And the reason this is important is because down deep, wired on the inside of each and every one of us, there is this, this desire, this need that our life would matter, that we would live for something that, that would actually make a difference. None of us wanna live a life that is in vain or useless. And you know what? That desire is actually given to us by God. See, I know a lot of people, uh, they've been successful in life, but they're searching for significance. Like they've been successful. They, they've, they've built companies, they've done things, they've, they've made money. What it looks like to everybody else, man, they, they know what they're doing. But down deep, they're like, there's more. Like I know that they're, there has to be more to life than this. And if you've ever thought that, can I just tell you, you're right. You've been created for more. And when you align your life and your heart with the purposes of God and the plan of God, you attach yourself to the eternal God. Can I tell you, all of a sudden, your life takes on eternal significance and purpose and destiny, and you still do what you do, but man, you do it with a spring in your step. You do it knowing that you are chosen by God, used by God, called by God. Man, it gives purpose and focus to every part of your life. You've been created and wired for that. And just like Jesus came and said, listen guys, I got a purpose for you. Today, because he lives, there's a purpose on our life. Our life is, can be filled with significance and purpose. But the third thing I see today is um, because of today, because Jesus is alive, we have the promise of eternal life. Like because he rose up from the dead, right? Because he conquered hell and the grave, he sent us a very clear picture that death is not the end. Like he wanted you to know, when you die, you don't die. I mean, the flesh and blood part of you dies, but you're not just flesh and blood. The, the real you, the you that makes you you, the you that is made in the image of God, man, you'd be created to live for Forever. See, you're not just a, a physical being that has a spiritual soul. You are first and foremost a spiritual being made in the image of a spiritual God, created to live forever that is having a physical experience. But at some point, for all of us, that physical experience ends. We don't know when. 
Could be 70 years, 90 years, 95 years. Could be less, could be more. But the real you, the part of you made in the image of God is is created to live forever and ever and ever. And to live forever, you were created to live forever with God. Now the problem is sin came into the world and separated us in that relationship with God. And if you read through the Bible, you see man's attempt to constantly try to be good enough to earn their way back to God. But time after time, everything that man tried to do to make up for the sin problem and try to be good enough for God was never enough. The Bible says that my righteousness, me trying to be good is like filthy rags. So Jesus did what none of us could do. Jesus came and he lived this sinless life and he went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be forgiven. There's a verse of scripture where it says that he who was without sin, Jesus, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, so that we could become right with God. You know, there's, there's two images of Easter, and it's not the egg and the bunny. The two images of Easter is the cross and the empty tomb. The cross and the empty tomb, and the cross is the symbol of, of death and destruction, while the empty tomb is the symbol of, of life and a new beginning and a fresh start that has found hope when things seem hopeless. That's the, that's the image of the empty tomb. But I love that even through Easter, that Jesus redeems the symbol of the cross. See, before Easter, the cross was this symbol of punishment and death and destruction and torture that was reserved for the worst of criminals. But now, man, when I see the cross, I'm reminded of God's love for me, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you and for me so that we could come into right relationship with for him and be forgiven of all of our sin and all of our mistakes and all of our mess, that he would step in and make everything new. The cross shouts of God's love for you. It declares his love for you. Every time you see the cross, it says, God's saying, I love you. I love you and I wanna have a relationship with you. That, that bumper sticker, cross equals heart, man, the whole gospel's right there, right there. His love is expressed for all of us today. You can have life when you have relationship with Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That word means abundant, overflowing, more than you can imagine. That's the kind of life that God wants you to have through Jesus. Jesus said, I've come that you might have it. But for you to have that kind of life, can I tell you, you have to take up Jesus. Like I'm not gonna get the life that is abundant and overflowing and eternal apart from Jesus. There's no other way to have it. There's no other way to experience except in relationship with Jesus. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about a relationship that you and I get to have with the creator of the universe because of what Jesus did for us on this day. That's why this day is unlike any other day. Because of this day, you can experience his peace. Your life can be filled with with purpose and significance. And you can have the promise of eternal life. The day that changed everything (laughs) can be the day that changes everything for you. So I wanna pray two prayers today. I wanna pray um, first a prayer for all of us that we would walk in the power of 
what Easter Sunday really means, that we would walk in the power of the resurrection, that his life would fill our lives with power and strength like never before. And then I'm gonna pray a second prayer because the only way that you can have that that I'm talking about today is in a relationship with Jesus. And some of you don't have that relationship with Jesus yet. What better day than on Easter weekend for you to get your relationship with Jesus right? There's no better, better time. It's, it's why he went to the cross and rose up from the grave. And so that second prayer is gonna be for you to get that relationship with Jesus right so you can experience the life he has for you. I'm gonna ask you to stand in just a minute, but I'm gonna ask that nobody leave during this time because this time of prayer is really a sacred moment for us to respond to what the Lord's been speaking to us through his word. So would you stand with me as we pray together today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this weekend, this day that changed everything. We thank you that it, it was a day that brought us hope and brought us life and brought us to God. And I pray that every one of us today and joining at all of our locations and online, that God, today, that we would walk in the power of the resurrection, that we'd walk in the power of your presence and that your peace would flood every heart, every home, every situation through the presence of Jesus. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today, as I pray this second prayer, if you would say, Todd, this second prayer is for me. I, I need to get my relationship with Jesus right. Maybe you haven't had a relationship with Jesus or maybe if you're just honest, it's not where it needs to be. Today's the day to get that right. If you would say, Todd, include me in this prayer, then right where you are, would you just raise your hand up and let me know who I am praying with today at all the rooms online. Hold it up high. Let me see it all across these rooms today. Yeah, yeah. Those of you with your hands up, would you just look, look up at me for a minute? Those of you with your hands, just look up at me. I wanna tell you that this is the single most important prayer that you will ever pray. It's a prayer to invite Jesus to come in and be Lord of your life. And so today I wanna pray uh, with you. I wanna pray over you. And so I, I wanna pray close, up close and personal. So if that's you with your hand, would you just make your way down to the front of whatever room you're in? Just come on forward, we're gonna pray. Uh, if you wanna bring somebody with you, say, hey, come with me, I wanna go pray with Todd. Uh, you don't have to wait, just start coming right now. You may think, well, what are they, what are they gonna think about me coming? What are we gonna think about you coming? Church, what are we gonna think about their decision to pray today? Come on down, all the rooms. Let's get, we're gonna pray together today. You're getting some stuff right with God. That's right, that's right, that's right. Come on, let's thank God for those that are making this decision today. It's a day of new beginning. It's a day of new life. It's a day that you can know the peace of God personally. This is when God came close personally. You can know Him in a personal way. And so we're gonna pray this out loud together. And I know they're still coming. They're still coming here. They're still coming wherever you are, whatever overflow room you're in, just make your way to the front because we want to pray over you. And we want to believe God for a new beginning, a new start in your life. So we're going to pray this prayer. And um, there is uh, nothing special about the way that I say it, but just let it come from your heart um, that you're just asking the Lord to, to be the Lord of your life and to fill you with his peace and his presence. It's that simple. And by faith, you just receive his grace and his love today, all right? So we're gonna pray this out loud, all of us together, but those of you at the front, this is your prayer. You pray just a little bit louder than the rest of us, okay? Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins for going my own way and doing my own thing. Today I turn I repent and I follow you 
and I make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your peace. Give me your purpose and the promise of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's Thank you God. again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.